deeper in him, as we know him more, that, you know, these things begin to make sense to us. But we give a lot of thanks for the uh, little we know about our salvation. Of course, we know it's much, much, much deeper than that. But the Lord keeps unveiling bit by bit to us the things that we need to know. Oh, bless the name of the Lord. Say, Lord, we are grateful. We are. Let your voice reach him in appreciation this evening. Tell him that you are grateful. Tell him that you are grateful. You are grateful that you can come to him, you know. We are grateful that we can come to him. We can call him Father. Yes, he said we want to pray. Let us pray like this. Our Father. Our Father. What it means is that we, we, we are sure he loves us. What it means is that we are sure that there is a relationship. So there is no fear. No, there is no fear. There is no fear. There is no fear. There is no fear. We come to him as a father. We come to him. So give the Lord thanks that you can approach like that. And it's a privilege. It's a privilege that we can come to him. Oh, bless the name of the Lord. Let's thank him. Let's thank him. Let's thank him for he keeps helping us to stand. Remember? Um, he keeps helping us to stand in a time like this where, you know, there are various trials. There are various trials. But the Lord keeps helping us to stand. Yes, he keeps helping us to stand. We're not standing by our own. He keeps giving us hope. Yes, we have hope. We have hope. So bless the name of the Lord. Bless the name of the Lord. Say, Lord, we thank you for hope. You know, for instance, I've heard people commit suicide because they just said they were tired. They were tired. You know, they lost hope. So the only option is for them to take their lives. Uh, but you've not thought in that line, and it's because God is working in you. Oh, so give the Lord thanks. Give the Lord thanks. Give the Lord thanks for hope. Yes, for hope. That's what we're thanking the Lord for. We thank the Lord for hope. We give you praise, Lord. Oh, blessed be God forever. In the name of Jesus, we have prayed. You know, James said in James chapter 1, verse 2, he said, count, consider or count it all joy when you encounter various trials. He said you should count it joy. Count it joy. Because is it true? Trial is a tool in the hand of the Lord to do something in you. Amen? Yeah, it's a tool. It's a tool. Count it joy. Count it joy. Count it joy. So I don't know if there's anyone going through one trial or the other. I'd like you to rejoice in that and say, Father, I thank you for the trial. Huh? The prayer doesn't make sense, but it's scriptural. It says, count it all joy. When you go or when you encounter various trials. So which trial are you going through now? I'd like you to rejoice in that and say, Father, thank you for this trial. Oh, thank you. I rejoice in this trial. Oh, can, can he truly hear your voice of thanksgiving? Say, I rejoice in this trial. I rejoice in this trial. I rejoice in this trial. Oh, I rejoice in it. Count it all joy. I don't know the trial you're going through. Maybe presently. It could be anything. It could be anything. Just thank the Lord. Thank the Lord for that. Disappointment. You know, delay. It could, it could be, even be failure that you've experienced you know, in certain areas of your life. But you know what the Bible says? It says, count it all joy. Oh, what they were going through here was persecution. The church. Persecution. 
So I'd like you to give the Lord thanks. Give the Lord thanks. Give the Lord thanks. Lord, we choose to believe you. We count it joy with respect to the trials we're going through. The trials of the nation that the church is going through. The trials that the church is going through. We count it all joy because it is your word. And we choose to believe your word. We count it joy. We count it joy. All joy. We thank you. In the name of Jesus we have prayed. In verse 3 of that James chapter 1, it says this is why you should count it joy. It says knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance and let endurance have its perfect result so that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. That you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. When the Lord talks of perfection, it's again, the whole thing about Christianity is that we'll be like Jesus. So I'd like us to pray that in the period of trial, in the period of testing, that the Lord will help us to endure. Amen? It's the Lord who helps us. It's the Lord who helps us. Through this period of trials, whatever it is, I really don't know what you're going through. But whatever the trial is, just pray and say, Lord, help me that I will not abort the process. You know, when we're going through stuffs, a lot of things come to our mind. What do we do? You know, but let us pray that we will not abort the process of God. No, we will not take shortcuts. That the Lord will help us stay and go through it. Is the one, remember I said he will be with you. So say to the Lord, I believe you. Oh, I believe you. 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 I trust in you. Help me that in the process of trial, I will not abort the process. That in the process of trial, I will not find my own way. No. No, I will not find my own way. In the process of trial, I will stay. Open your mouth and pray. In the process of trial, I will not say things against you. No, I will not say things against you. But I will stay. Pray that the Lord will help you maintain your confession in the process of trial. That was what the Bible said concerning Job. That Job maintained his confession. Pray that you will maintain your confession of faith. You will, you will, you will. It's the Lord who will help you. You're not going to do this by yourself. It's the Lord who will help you. Oh, pray, pray that the Lord will help you. That the Lord will help you. Oh, pray that the Lord will help you in the process of trial. The Lord will help you in the process of trial. In the name of Jesus, Lord will not abort the process because of pressure, but will receive grace to stay. Will receive grace to stay. Remember I said something said, there's something that is working out in you. Pray and say, Lord, help me that your work will be complete in me. 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 That I will lack nothing. And when the Lord says you will lack nothing, he means it. That I will lack nothing. Oh, we give you praise, Lord. We thank you. We thank you. Oh, blessed be God forever. In the name of Jesus, we have prayed. Now, you know, I've been reading the book of John, and there's something um, John said over and over and over again. You know, it would, he, John made a lot of emphasis on obeying the commandments of, God, of Jesus. You know, Jesus kept saying, if you love me, you keep my commandments. Um, uh, this is how the Father would know. You know, just keeping the commandments of God, you see it all over um, the book of John. So we're going to pray because that is very important, keeping the commandments of, uh, of the Lord. And um, we know anything that has to do with this, 
again, we will engage the power of the Holy Spirit to help us. So let us pray this evening. And the Lord will help us that as we come, because, you know, it's like this. The Lord keeps giving us light. Giving us light. As we walk in the light, he opens our eyes to truth. So every truth we come across, that the Lord will give us grace, you know, to obey in the name of Jesus. Can you open your mouth and pray? That the Lord will give you grace to obey. Every truth that you come across. Every truth that you come across. That the Lord will give you grace to obey. In the name of Jesus. The Lord will give you grace to obey every of his command. Yes, he will. It says, he who keeps my commandments and keeps them um, is the one who loves me. It says, and he who loves me will be loved by my father. And I will love him and will, you know, disclose myself to him. Again, it says, if, he love, if anyone loves me, he will keep my, my words. It says, and my father will love him. It's just all over. So let us pray. He says, if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my father's commandments, and I abide in his love. He says in verse 14 of John chapter 15, he says, you are my friends if you do what I command you. So let us pray. You know, it's just everywhere. You just find it there. He keeps saying, if you do, if you do, if you keep my word. So let us pray that the Lord will help us keep his word. That the Lord will help us keep his word. Pray, pray. That the Lord will help us keep his word. <laughs> Sometimes, most times it's difficult. But with the power of the Holy Spirit, these things become easy. So pray and say, Let us, Lord, help us keep your word. Help us keep your word. Help us keep your word. Father, we give you praise, Lord. We bless your name. We thank you for today. We thank you for your word that we're about to receive. In the name of Jesus, we have prayed. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. All right, let's be seated. I hope to stand up again to pray. Because that is what we have come to do. Remember, it's our school of prayer. And we'll take some time to pray every Tuesday. All right. Um, Meanwhile, let's um, turn our Bibles to Luke. Again, I encourage that every one of us must um, practice the habits until you fall in love with it. Study the Bible for yourself. Amen? Oh, please do that for yourself. I'll repeat, in respective of what you have heard people teach, please study for yourself. Study for yourself. Even if it's an angel of the Lord that taught you, read the Bible for yourself. Praise God. And that is how you grow. That is how you get to know the Lord. He said, I will write my laws in their heart. Do you understand? Please, I beg you, study the Bible for yourself. Read your Bible for yourself. It's going to help you. Um, it's going to help you a lot. Okay. So let's turn our Bibles to Luke chapter 11. And um, we'll read Luke chapter 11 and also Luke chapter 18. Now, from verse 1 of Luke chapter 11, it's about prayer again. It says, It happened that while Jesus was praying in a certain place, after he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John also taught his disciples. And he said to them, 
when you pray, this is what you say. Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. They say, give us each day our daily bread and forgive us our sins. Um, it says, for we ourselves also forgive everyone who is indebted to us and lead us not into temptation. He said, then he said to them, suppose, now he gave a parable, still um, teaching them about prayers. He said, then he said to them, suppose one of you has a friend and goes to him at midnight and says to him, friend, lend me th- three loaves. He says, for a friend of mine has come to me from a journey and I have nothing to set before him. And from inside, he answers and says, do not bother me. The door has already been shut, and my children and I are in bed. I cannot get up and give you anything. Now, Jesus still speaking in verse 8 says, I tell you, even though he will not give up, give, you, give him anything, because he is his friend first, yet because of his persistence, he will get up and give him as much as he needs. It now says in verse 9, so I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find, knock, and the door will be opened to you. It says in verse 10, for everyone who asks, receives, and he who seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, it will be, op- it will be opened. Now suppose one of you, fathers, please listen. Still teaching them about prayers. Remember, that is where all this conversation started from. Teach us how to pray. Now, in verse, um, where are we now? 11? Good. He said, now suppose one of you fathers is asked by his son for a fish. He will not give him a snake instead of a fish, will he? Or if he asked for an egg, he will not give him a scorpion, will he? Now, listen to verse 13. He says, if you then being evil, now talking about the man now, human being. If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father, listen, this whole thing of prayer and the principles he has, he has taught up to this point, this is where he's going to. You see, how much more will your f- heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who what? Ask him, how much more will your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? There are things that the Lord gives for free, whether you ask or not. He gives whether you're a Christian, whether you're a Muslim, respective of who you are, they are just things God gives for free. But there are things that the Lord only gives to people who ask. Do you understand? I, I watched um, a clip, short clip of a, a Muslim who waited for 18, I think 13 or 18 years, you know, and finally he got a son. God gave him a son. And I saw how when they brought the boy out from the, uh, from the labor room, how the father embraced him and kissed him, you know, and he was weeping, you know, tears of joy. You know, and he was saying, Allah has answered him. Allah has answered him. You know, and they worshipped Allah. Now, you can call him any name. It's God who gives. Do you understand? Good. Now, there are things God gives to people, whether, like I've said, whether you ask or not. He feeds the poor. 
Do you understand? Is that compassionate? Is that merciful? First, you must understand that everybody belongs to God. It was, he created everyone. The Bible says the earth is the Lord, is the Lord's, and what? Everything in it. When you talk your fullness, it's King James. Let us, everything that you see on this earth, the Lord creates, created it. Now, so it's concerned, it's concerned about the animals. You know, uh, when Jonah, when he was talking to Jonah, because Jonah was um, angry that God did not destroy like he, uh, you know, like he expected. So God had to tell Jonah, Jonah chapter 3. Or, yeah, yes, there's a conversation in chapter 3, verse 10, and chapter 4, verse 11. And God said to him, he says, uh, because he had compassion on them, because they repented, you know, and you see where um, animals and human beings fasted, you know, and God saw that. What God wanted to do, he did not do again. So when God was explaining to Jonah, he said, why will I not have compassion of, over, of, uh, of a nation that has, or a city that has over 120,000 people living in it and the animals? Now, so he was also concerned about the animals. You know, somewhere in the book of Proverbs, the Bible says, the righteous man is kind even to his animals. The righteous man is, that is the wicked man, is cruel even to his animal. I have a neighbor that beats the dog. I don't know what that does. He has two. And the names of the two dogs are so funny. One is uh, cannabis. <laughs> Let me not tell you this name of the second one. Well, one is cannabis. <laughs> you just see people that don't love God. <laughs> you see it in the way they react to the animal. Even pets. You know, so I, on a very serious note, I have wished that, you know, we had that kind of system in America where you can call. And they will come and arrest the guy. No, I, on several occasions I've wished. This guy beats this dog. They beat down. It's a group of um, boys who do nothing. I don't know how they rented that house. But they, they're about five or six of them, you know. They do a they trade online. <laughs> Why are you saying Is he only Yahoo that they trade online? <laughs> they do all that things online, huh? Uh, because that's what they see. Criminals are saying they do crypto. That they are doing forex. They're watching the graph. So they, <laughs> so they do uh, internet uh, business. That's what they do, you know. So they beat the dog every... Uh, these two dogs, they beat... I, I mean serious beat, you know. I, I really don't. They just... Sometimes they use their shovel to... They beat this... The wicked man is cruel, even to his animal. Maybe, maybe one day I'll just do it. I mean every day. I don't know. Maybe it's part of the covenant that they had. <laughs> so that... You know, so that they go blue. He beats this dog every day. You know, I've thought of, should I go and talk to them? Mm. But I'm not the only one on this. So everybody just minds his business and we keep moving. So I've, on several occasions, I've really wished that we have that system where you can call. Do we have animal department in Nigeria? Eh? We call police now. What's it concerned? Now your dog, you know. So the Bible says, even the wicked man is cruel. The righteous man is good even to his animals. Now, so, um, God said to Jonah, God was even concerned about the animals in Nineveh, you know, and all that. Now, why are we saying all this? You know, I'm, I'm going somewhere. Remember we read from, that's Luke chapter 11, right? All right. 
So he said, if you've been evil, that's in verse 13, know how to uh, give good gifts to your children. How much more will your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? So we got into that saying that there are things that God gives freely, even to wicked people. Oh, the sun shines on them. Funny enough, you, you listen, funny enough, the Lord even gives them long life. Hmm? The New Testament. Now, for just one thing, why? For them to do what? Repent. So, no wonder in Psalm 73, David lamented. He could not understand what was happening. When he saw the wicked prosper, he said, my, my, my feet almost slipped, Psalm 73. First, he started for, with, uh, God is good to Israel. Yeah, God is good to Israel. Let, let me just quickly read that. Um, from verse 1. Surely God is good to Israel, to those who are pure in heart. But as for me, my feet came close to stumbling. My steps had almost slipped. He said, for I was envious of the arrogant, and, and I was, as I saw the prosperity of the wicked, he said, for they were... For there are no pains in their death, and their body is fat. They are not in trouble as other men, nor are they plagued like mankind. Therefore, pride is their necklace in verse 5. The garment of violence covers them. Their eye bulges from fatness. The, magni- the imaginations of their hearts run riot. They mock, the and weak- they mock and wickedly speak of, the op- of oppression. They speak from on high. In verse 9, it says, They have set their mouth against the heavens, and their tongue parries throughout the earth. It says, Therefore his people return to this place, and waters of abundance are drunk by them. They say, How does God know? And is their knowledge with the Most High? Behold, these are the wicked, and always, uh, behold, these are the wicked, and always at ease. They have increased in wealth. Surely, in verse 13, in vain, have I kept my heart pure and washed my hands in innocence? Praise God. He said, For I have been stricken all day long and chastened every morning. If I have said, I will speak thoughts, behold, I would have betrayed the generation of your children. When I, uh, in verse 15, when I pondered to understand this, it was troublesome in my sight until I came into the sanctuary of God. Then I perceived their end. Surely you set, now this is your end. Surely you set them in slippery places. You cast them down into destruction. How they are destroyed in a moment. They are utterly swept away by sudden terrors. Like a dream, when one awakes, O Lord, when aroused, you will despise uh, their form. When my heart was embittered and I was pierced within, then I was senseless and ignorant. I was like a beast before you. Nevertheless, in verse 23, I am continually with you. He say, you have taken hold of my right hand. Now, so you see, now, you see wicked people prosper. And I got into that telling you that sometimes God even gives them long life. Hmm? You've heard people say, why is it that uh, good people die uh, early? Or you, you really don't know who is good anyway. And that's, uh, that definition likes with God. Do you understand? Because it judges men according to the states of their hearts. What you call good to God might just be, might just be evil. No. So, yeah, why do people die and all that? Uh, good people die and all that. Like, uh, Davido just lost his um, son, right? And uh, comments everywhere, you know, Davido is a good man and all that. Uh, you know, of course, my, my, I, I felt bad also. Uh, but 
And sometimes they're just wishing, why is it that he's not the son of this guy? He's <laughs> wicked one that died, you know. But, so God, there are things that God just gives to people even without asking. Now, for long life, for me, and you see Peter say that, it's not that he really wants the wicked to live long. He's just giving them time. And when you give somebody time to repent, you have to, give it, you have to keep him alive. Do you understand? No, you keep him alive. So you tend to see them live long. Then you see a righteous man dies and all that. All the right. Again, I've said, go and check. There's a difference between long life and eternal life. That, I actually plan talking along that line today. There's, there's a, whole lot, a whole lot of difference. And I, as I read the New Testament, what I see is eternal life. I'm not saying God cannot give you long life. That you should not be waiting to die early. Do you understand? But that's not the focus of your prayer. Because we want to see what prayer does in the life of a Christian. What prayer is producing in your life. That's what, actually what I have in mind. And there's only one thing prayer is supposed to produce in your life. That you become like Christ. Nothing else. Every other thing, abide, like he said, other things are added. Do you understand? If the focus of prayer is that I want to be like Jesus, then every other thing shall be added. So what we have done over time is that we've used prayer to get other things. And you see something about God. When you see things work, eh, sometimes you're scared. Because the natural man wants to practice the things that work, not the things that are correct. So what we are looking for is, is, is it working? If it's working, whether it's, it's correct or it's truth in the sight of God, we don't care. We just want to know, is it working? Especially when there is no, um, you know, there, there are what they call gray areas in the Bible. There are some things that the Lord just kept quiet about. You, you, see, understand this, eh? let me use the word. There are three levels of the Christian life. According to, you heard the, you heard the Paul say that again. It's in First Corinthians chapter 6. Yes, I think First Corinthians chapter 6. It says, all things are lawful, right? But not all things are expedient. Let's break that word, expedient, down. Let's go to second. Let, let's, let's just see it first. I think First Corinthians chapter 6. Uh, uh, let me see if I can read from the... I've been enjoying the Living Bible of recent. Now, not in, in some areas anyway. Um, First Corinthians chapter six, I believe that is where it is. Um, verse what now? Twelve. Thank you. Okay, is I can do I can do anything I want to, if Christ has not said no. That's the Living Bible. He said, but some of these things aren't good for me, even if I'm allowed to do them. I will refuse to if I think they might yet they might get such a grip on me. That I can't easily stop when I want to. Now, so that is what you um, read as not all things are expedient. Or, is it in living, uh, uh, sorry, the living, sorry, the New Living Translation says not all things are profitable. Right? So there are three levels. There is a level of, um, un, there's that unlawful things that people do. Eh? So there's the unlawful, there is the lawful, and there is what? The expedient. Right? Now, when you get to that level of unlawful, you are not even supposed to get there at all as a Christian. Your battle is between, your struggle is between lawful and what? Uh-huh. So when you start doing your unlawful things, eh? uh, just, I'm not saying you are not a Christian, but you need to do more 
prayers and all that, right? I'm study of the world. So there are three levels. There's the unlawful. Now, the, there's, see, even if you see an unbeliever doing something, he can never please God. No matter how good it is. Because we only please God. Now, you cannot even please God with the good things you do. You only please God because what? Christ is in you. He never said to anybody in whom I'm well pleased except Jesus. So it is Jesus that the Father sees in you that makes your works acceptable to him. Whether prayer, whether giving, whether anything, it is when Jesus is in you that makes your work acceptable. So, Cornelius must receive the gospel, must receive the good news for those things he was offering to be accepted. Do you understand? Now, so there are that three, there's this three level from that First Corinthians chapter 6 that we read. There is the unlawful, there is the lawful, then there is the what? The expedient. Now, we said the Christian must never fall to that point or that level of unlawful. Our struggle is always between the lawful and the expedient. That's where our struggle is. It's lawful, but it's not profitable. There, is, there, there are just gray areas, you know. Now, how, how do they get into that? Now, talking about that, um, the, what now? Talking about that God is good, right? It's good. It's good to, it's good to unbelievers. So, but there are things that you must ask for as a Christian. There are things that you enjoy that you don't ask for. Eh? And you just keep enjoying those things, whether you ask for them or not. The unbelievers also enjoy those things, whether they ask for it or not. But there are certain things that you must ask for. And from that um, um, Luke that we read, you see what Jesus said. Let's, let, let me go back to that place again. Luke chapter 11. Now, so he said in that verse 13, it says, If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who what, ask of him? Now, there's things that you must ask for. Now, in prayers. Um, I, was talking, okay, well, I was talking with my wife yesterday about this prayer matter, you know, of how... Um, now, again, please read your Bible for yourself. Do you understand? Because the reason why you feel guilty most times is not because God wants you to feel guilty. It's because there are doctrines of men that you are trying to meet up with. And I want to talk of one of those doctrines of men. Praying for one hour is not... That was not what Jesus meant. The time for prayer, let me tell you the time. It's not one hour, it's not two hours, it's not five minutes, it's not three minutes. It's not six hours. It's every time. Eh? Did you hear me? It's when? And the Bible says pray always. Do you understand? Pray always. It's not, it's, it's not see eh? It's not, because that's why a lot of you feel you are not praying. That's why you feel you are not praying, because you've been taught that you have to tarry for one hour. So, whether you like it or not, subconsciously, that time limit is there. You think you are not praying enough because you have not prayed long. Long prayer is not effective prayer. Long prayer is not what? It's not effective prayer. Effective prayer is, is, is a prayer of faith, is a prayer of understanding, is, is, is a prayer from the heart. You know most of your effective prayers are done when you are confessing your sin. Hmm? For example, now if I say, let's, we can be praying for the nation and voices are loud, pray for your needs and voices are loud. But once I say, let us pray for our sins, you know everybody. That's when you pray sincere prayer. You know that prayer you, don't, you want to pray and you don't want your wife to listen to? You are not married. Why are you laughing? <laughs> you will soon get there. 
There are prayers you want to pray, especially when you're confessing the sins of the heart. Eh? Oh, then God enjoys your prayer because that one is coming from the heart. There are prayers you pray you don't want your husband to listen to. You don't just want your husband to hear. Now, that's, at that point in time, you're, because it's coming from the heart. So I was talking to my wife yesterday about this whole thing of, about prayer. Now, see, don't get me wrong. Like I've said again, I can pray for one hour. It's not a big deal. But it's not a target. I've pray, do you understand? I can even do two hours. It's not even a big deal. But it doesn't mean effective prayer. Effective prayer is not the time you spend in prayer. Do you understand? No. It's just like you are talking to your children. So Jesus was, you know, he said to them, when you want to pray, pray like this, our father. Your children come sometimes, they make requests and they go. Prayer has been made. Do you understand? Because prayer is not just when you are talking. Prayer is also when you are listening. Do you understand? Prayer is not just when you are talking. When you are listening, you are also praying. When you are reading your Bible, you are also praying. So books we are written around praying for one hour. Now, I understand the spirit behind those books. I do. You understand. But if you are not careful, you, you think it's the length. The spirit behind those books and the spirit behind people who genuinely teach of prayer, length in prayers and all that, for some, not all of them, for some, is that they want you to have fellowship. Don't rush from the place of prayer. The spirit behind those things is have fellowship. Enjoy the presence. Do you understand? Enjoy the presence. That's the spirit behind it. Now, but when you now think that, oh, it is, that's why Jesus talked about meaningless repetition. Jesus never talked about repetition. The emphasis is that the repetitions are what? Meaningless. Because you can repeat something over and over again and it's effective prayer. The man who went to meet his friend that Jesus used to, that we just read from Luke chapter 11, it was repetition, right? The request was the same. I have a guest. Give me something to feed him. Give me bread. He kept, Jesus said he kept doing that. But it was not meaningless. There is meaningless repetition. That's the one God will not accept. That's the one God will not hear. But there, there are repetitions that you need to make. Do you understand? Which is actually a sign of your faith. Now, so for that man, he was sure. Now, there was a relationship. He had a friend. You don't go to somebody that you don't have a relationship with. You know, just that things don't spoil. You know, seriously, things don't spoil. Where, where? That even when, I grew up in an environment where, um, you know, there was this, your neighbor's keeper. Do you understand? And I saw it. We enjoyed it. That's, I'm going to go for, okay, let me use, if it's raining, for example, you know, people hang their clothes along on the line. So while they are not around, you can just go help them while it's raining or while it's about to rain. You help them take it off the line. Then when they come back from their walk or whatever, you give them back. Abby, uh, I hope you know you can't do that now. Before they say, bra, they miss. Then the next day, God now blesses you, now buy Benz. They say, Naim. <laughs> do you understand? So they, they just say, now, that I used to have six bras before. But since that day, I've been feeling headache, 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 headache. I grew up in an environment. There are times you, you, just, you just run out of some supplies. Maybe your, your what? Salt is finished. I wanted you to say it. <laughs> you are just like you had everything. Sometimes salt will finish, right? Ah, sometimes eh, we form too much. Not to the form. 
Sometimes salt go finish. You meet your neighbor, say, Alpha, give me salt. How many of us grow up in such neighborhood? God bless you, you grow up well. <laughs> you know? Sometimes mashes go finish. Huh? <laughs> eh? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I wash his kit like he's ready to shake his head. <laughs> I wash his kit like that. One guy kept coming to his neighbor. Say, ah, Maggie don't finish. The guy give her Maggie. Say, salt, nothing, nothing. The guy just brought all the everything. Say, take, take the gas. Don't come here again. Hey, take the gas. That's so lovely neighborhood like that. You know, everybody enjoying themselves. Then they've now started the witches and wizards. Was not um, the people. They've not crept into the church. You know, and on several occasions, of course, there are times that your 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 gas will just finish, and maybe is by all those 9 p.m., all those wicked, ungodly hours, you know, or while you are preparing your kids for school, like that's 5.36. It has happened to me before, and I quickly called uh, uh, Elder John, you know. And there are times it works like this. I have two cylinders, one big, one small. So there are times you just say, I'll fill this one later. Do you understand? There are times the two just finish at the same time. Now, but what I'm going to is this, that... You only go to somebody you have a relationship with. So there's that relationship. So when this man went to his friend, please understand that he had a, there was that cordial relationship. So he could go to his friend. Now, in, it was at night that he went there and he made a request. So there must be that relationship. And I tell you, you have that relationship with God. That's why I said, when you want to pray, pray like this, our father. They've never heard it like that before. They've never heard anybody call God Father. They've heard people pray. They've heard the Pharisees pray. But when Jesus prayed, it was, you know, it struck a, you know, they said this one is different. So they said, teach us how to pray. So he started teaching them. Now, before then, if you read the book of John, John explained the Father and all that. He kept explaining the Father why they should be bold to come, asking the name, you know, and all that. Now, secondly, that relationship had been established. He said, give me. I have a visitor. So he knew that this guy had supply. He knew that what he was requesting for, this guy had it. So first, there's a relationship. Secondly, he was sure that... So he kept asking. He kept asking. Now, sometimes we take the principle of Scripture to feed our flesh. Never use scriptural principles to feed your flesh. It will injure you. It might work for a time, but over time, it's going to injure you. Every scripture in the Bible, every, in fact, let me read the scripture here. That's 2 Peter, 2 Peter chapter 1. Um, let me start reading from verse 1. 2 Peter chapter 1. It says, but Simon, Simon Peter, a bond servant and um, apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have received a faith of the same kind as us, by the righteousness of God and our Savior Jesus Christ. You see, grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus as our Lord. It says in verse 3, seeing that the divine power has granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness. It says, through the true knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and excellence. Now listen to verse 4. See Peter 1, 4 now. It says, for by these he has granted to us is precious and what magnificent promises. 
It says, so that by them, now by what? By the promises that he has given to us. It says, so that by them, you may become partakers of what? The divine nature. Having escaped the corruption that, the, that is in this world by lust. Now, so the promises which uh, Peter says are precious. Peter says they are magnificent. He said these promises are supposed, that is, when you have these promises in your heart, you know these promises, it's not to feed your flesh. It's not that when you are broken, you now read Psalm 23. Do you understand? They are actually, this is what he said. He says they, you are supposed to, by these promises, do what? Become partakers of what? The divine nature. That divine nature of God is called eternal life. Hmm? The divine nature is eternal life. Now, how you get into this is the promises of God. Now, so what unbelievers do and what Christians do, some Christians do, is that they take these promises to feed the flesh. I don't know if you understand. Meanwhile, the promises are not necessarily to feed your flesh. They're actually supposed to help you do what? Partake in what? The divine nature. So, the more of the promises that you confess, what is just turning you into? That's why I said, if you go back to that Luke chapter 11 again, he said the principle of persistence. It's not that you take this principle of persistence, you now start confessing, I have the job, I have the job, I have the job, I have the job, I have the job. Because the truth is, if you do it over a period of time, you'll get results. That's why I said, if you are not careful, the promises of God used to satisfy the flesh will enjoy you over a period of time. Because you might get results. And that, that is what, see, I said it earlier. The fact that you are getting results doesn't mean that it's correct. So we'll go back, bear that second Peter in mind. Now, back to that Luke chapter 11. This whole thing, see, I, I came to rest. Eh? I came to rest when I understood the whole purpose of God. It's just to be, to be like Christ, nothing else. Now, the Bible says, is it, this is the living Bible that puts it. It says in Christ, everything has its proper place. That is, if Christ is in you, things will fall into place. I don't know if you understand. The marriage will work. The satisfaction that people derive from getting things, you would get. When he says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, we've analyzed this before myself and a couple of her brothers here. And his righteousness and everything shall be added. It, it doesn't necessarily mean he will give you those things. He will give you the satisfaction that those things brings. Do you understand? So when he says other things will be added, so the things that people get satisfaction from, he'll give you the satisfaction like you have it. The way you are shaking your head, you, you, you want to have it. <laughs> he'll give you the satisfaction. So Paul can come to that point where he says, I've learned to abase and I've learned to abound. It, it means nothing to me. Why? Because this, the, you know, the, the satisfaction is there. The pleasure of Christ is my... Is my focus, and I have it. So, you, you, you go back to that Luke chapter 11 again. Let me read. It says, So if you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? I've said that things, there are things you must ask for. For example, you must ask for forgiveness. Eh? He says, if we confess our sins, is faithful and just to what? Forgive us and cleanse us. But first, there must be confession. There are two things you can do to your sin. You can hide it or you can confess it. And you know what the Bible says? If you hide your, your sin, you will not what? 
prosper. So you can hide your sin, you can confess your sin. Two things you can do to your sin. Now, I'm, I'm explaining the things that you ask for. There are things God gives generally. Funny enough, you know, again, let me just, maybe, let me, let me just summarize it like this. If you just stay with Christ, you'll be amazed at the things that God will add. You'll be amazed. Just stay with him. Let that truly be your focus. Let it not be you are saying it from your mouth. Let it be that you come to that point where you can count anything as, as shit, as, as dung, just to gain Christ. Then you begin to see Christ walk in you. Let your focus truly be, I want to be like Christ. That's all. It's going to take time. I'm not, it's not overnight. Of course, the work of God is going, and he works, with, he works in you until you die. Do you understand? And it's going to take time. So you must ask for forgiveness. You must ask for mercy. You must ask for the Holy Spirit. So when you see the principle of persistence that we use to get things, eh? and it says stay there until you get it. Stay there until you get it. And you keep asking and asking and asking, and you are making confessions, and you've, you've pasted that picture on your wall. I've done that before, and you'll get results. But over time, that result is not going to be a blessing unless you repent. So God just makes everything work together for good and all that. Hmm? So the principle of persistence is for you to do what? Have the Holy Spirit. That's what he said there. He said, if you've been evil, know how to give good gifts. The Holy Spirit is a gift. Eh? The Holy Spirit is what? Is a gift. And you will ask, first of all, that's why I said, if you've been evil, can give to your children when they ask for certain things. How much more? When you ask for the Holy Spirit, that he will not give you that. He's going to give anybody. Now, you will never know. The, see, you will never. I, I pray that the Lord brings us to this point where we understand the meaning. Everywhere you go, everywhere talking about the ministry of the Holy Spirit, 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 how they were, you know, something was lost and the Holy Spirit made them find it. All those things are good, but that's not what the Holy Spirit is doing. It's not just helping people look for lost things. Those are secondary things that the Holy Spirit does. The primary thing that the Holy Spirit is doing in you is conforming you into that image. That's why these magnificent promises of God, eh? the promise of the Holy Spirit, the promise of eternal life, or, sorry, let me use the gift of the Holy Spirit, the gift of eternal life, and the gift of suffering. So when you give your life to Christ, they give you three gifts. They take. You have the Holy Spirit, you have eternal life, then suffer. You want me to show you in scripture? Eh? It's there now. It's in Philippians. You partake of the suffering. How did Paul put it again? He said that, that I may know him. And he talks about the fellowship of the enjoyment or the prosperity or the what? <laughs> he talks about the fellowship of what? Uh, now, so those are gifts that he gives to you. Those are promises that you get. Now, what they are doing is that they are conforming you into the image of what? Of Christ. So, when he says the magnificent promises of God, because everywhere, I, I, I've seen people explain the Holy Spirit and all that, and there are, still, there are songs, anywhere he leads me, I will go. And see, nothing bad. You know, I listened to, I, I first he played one yesterday. Anywhere he leads me, I will go. But do we really say these things from our hearts? Because the Bible says he led him into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. Somebody says he doesn't like listening to me because I always preach her that things. <laughs> At least she was sincere. But she will still call me anytime I'm on air that the network is not clear. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and you say you don't. 
There is something dragging you. You can't help. This suffering of Jesus, you must. You must partake of it. Just accept it. It's going to help you. Do you understand? It's going to help you. All this one that you are dodging from it, you will still meet it. It's part of the package. It's, it's what they call the full gospel. They unveil it gradually. Do you understand? It's gradually. As you come in, they tell you about how, this, how Jesus loves you, how he forgives your sin, and all that. Then you are enjoying that. Then how you can ask in the name of Jesus, and you will receive. So that period, you are just asking, and you are just receiving. Right? And so Paul goes to Hebrews, and he says, let's leave these elementary things. Do you understand? Ah, and you say, this, they didn't tell me about this package. No, they don't have to tell you. You grew into it. Huh? So they now start telling you about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and you're enjoying it. Then they now come, and they now start telling you about the sufferings of Christ. At this point, a lot of people cannot stay. But it's actually the full, it's called the full gospel. So this whole thing about persistence, not what you are persisting for, is that you will have the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit is the one that will help you. All these things we're talking about obeying Christ and all that is the Holy Spirit that will help us. When I hear, like I said, when I hear testimonies about the Holy Spirit, they're always beautiful testimonies. And I'm not saying the Holy Spirit doesn't do that. He does, oh, they're beautiful testimonies. But the primary thing the Holy Spirit is helping you do is to what? Let's read Galatians chapter 5. So that when you're praying for the Holy Spirit, now, and because you, you, the average believer, not the average, once you're a believer, you have the Holy Spirit. That's the truth. So when we talk of the Holy Spirit in this context, we're talking of being filled again and again, right? Like he said to them, tarry in Jerusalem until you are endued, until you are filled. Eh? It was not at that point they received the Holy Spirit. No. They received the Holy Spirit in um, John chapter 20. Do you understand? They received the Holy Spirit in John chapter 20, I think verse 22, where the Bible said Jesus, he breathed on them and he said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. That was when they received the Holy Spirit. Now that Acts chapter 2 is that they gathered to be filled and they're always gathering to be filled. Do you understand? And you must always, that infilling must again until you meet with Jesus because that's where the power lies. Do you understand? That's where the power lies. So you keep getting filled. You keep getting filled. And you do that in the place of prayer. You do that in the study of the word. You keep getting filled. You keep getting filled. So if you, if you read John, it talks about, you read, pray that you will not fall into temptation. It is the power of the Holy Spirit. Because, where you have that, you see, I think there's an account of Matthew. I think Luke also has that account. That Jesus went into the wilderness uh, full. Is it, how do you put it again? Full of the Holy Spirit, right? Eh? No, he was led. He entered, I think, full of the Holy Spirit. Filled with the Holy Spirit. Then he left with the power of the Holy Spirit. I don't know if you understand. So when you see the temptations of Jesus, it was not, it was not Jesus the Son of God. It was Jesus the Son of Man. There are two aspects of Jesus. There is Jesus the Son of Man. That Son of Man is subject to temptation. That son of man is subject to hunger. That son of man, they sleep. Do you understand? But Jesus is son of God. Hmm? Can re- he's actually God. He can receive worship. So, he w- a woman will come for, you don't worship a man. Nowhere in scripture you worship a man. So, a woman will come. It is the God part of Jesus that is being worshipped. Now, it is the man side of Jesus that was hungry. It is the man's side of Jesus that was, that was asleep. God never sleeps, no. 
slumbers. So when you see him sleep, it is a man part of him. It was the man part of Jesus that went to the cross, not the God. It was the son of man that went to the cross, not God. Do you understand? Because you can't kill God. It was the man of it was the man in Jesus, the human being in Jesus that went to the cross. So when the Bible says he was tempted in all ways and and he uh, was without sin, it was the man in him that was tempted. So Paul would say, "Oh, that, uh, uh, how do you say it now? Is this son of man? How do you say you are you are without excuse?" Because Jesus also was tempted in all ways and did not sin. Now, why did he do that? That's what I'm going to. It was by the power of what? The Holy Spirit. So, if you also are filled constantly as Jesus was filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, you can do what Jesus did. Now, when I say do what Jesus did, it's not the miracles. It's live the way he lived. Do you understand? So, you can, you can say no to temptation. You can say no to the desires of the flesh. Now, it is only by the power of the Holy Spirit, if the Holy Spirit was not with him, eh? if the Holy Spirit, listen, he would have fallen. But the Holy Spirit was with him. So, the Holy Spirit strengthened him. There was no way he would give in to the devil. So, we are, we are as weak as the level of the Holy Spirit that is in us. Do you understand? So, the more we get filled, the more we get filled, the more we ask. So that principle of persistence is to ask. Oh, I received, it's just I can't play it. If not, I would have played it. A voice note from somebody who was lamenting of how he wants to serve God and his eyes cannot just go of women. Oh, how he wants to do this. I saw a, you know, somebody who, a sincere heart. He said, I've tried severally. He said, but when I go out, I cannot just take my eyes off them. Now, also, you don't conquer that by sitting in the house. Do you understand? You don't say we're not going to go anywhere. So, no, no. <laughs> Why monks can, cannot please God? You please God in the field. Go make you the sea. That's where God is walking. Do you understand? Now, when, when he, now, like I said to him, don't worry. Keep, I, I believe he's a Christian. Anybody who has that, um, that desire, anybody, because more of your desires, you know, uh, is the desire of the righteous, Right? Good. Anybody who has that desire, anybody who has that uh, fight on the inside, I believe he's a Christian. But there are things he must conquer. Now, he's not going to do that by strength, right? He's going to do that by the infilling of the Holy Spirit. So he gets filled. If you look 10 before, he will reduce them to 5, right? Uh, over time, he's going to, over time, every, go, every one of us has areas that the Lord is working in us. Praise the Lord. I said we should open to Galatians chapter 5, right? Okay. Galatians chapter 5. So the Bible says, um, from verse, let me read from 13. It says, For you were called to freedom, brethren. For you were called to freedom, brethren. Only do not turn your freedom into an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word. In the statement, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Now says in verse 14, but if you bite and devour one another, it says, take care that you are not consumed by one another. It says in verse 16, but I say, walk in the spirit and you will not carry out the desires of the flesh. That is, be filled with the spirit, then the flesh would, you know, would respond, right? Okay, now look at verse 17. It says, for the flesh sets its desire against the spirit. And the spirit against what? 
the flesh. For these are in opposition to one another, so that you may not do the things that you please. Now, so there is that war between the f- now the flesh is not this thing, no. It's not this thing. It's not this your flesh. It's not this your. Do you understand? The flesh is your will. Hmm? The flesh is your will. So Jesus would say, not my will, but yours. Do you understand? The flesh are those ungodly things that you want to do. Those ungodly desires. Remember how did corruption come into this world? Like we read in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 4. It's a true lust. Right? Now, so that lust there is talking about the ungodly desires of men. As they began to practice those ungodly, uh, you know, they began to express those ungodly desires in practice. What now happened was that the earth now was defied and corrupt. Now, but we, what we are doing is that we are being transformed by the promises, the magnificent promises into the nature, that divine nature. Do you understand? Now, so there is that fight, ongoing fight. And let me say this, if that fight is not in you, I'm not sure you're a Christian. The Christian is constantly fighting. Now, it's not fight, it's fight against witches. In fact, it's not even your fight. It's that internal fight between the spirit eh, and the flesh. Now, the spirit there, the spirit of God in you. There are things that the flesh wants to do. There are things that the spirit also is prompting you to do or wants to do through you. So, there is that constant fight. There is that constant war. Now, there are certain things you can do to the spirit. Because all these things also, you still have your will intact. Right? You know, once I was confused, because I read in scripture that Jesus went to hell to preach to people who were in hell. You know, Jesus went to hell. I said, how you, can you be in hell and they go preach, give you, you not go repent? Now, now, I got confused. Because there are people who still, still did not repent in hell. So, I, I was confused. So, one day I was listening to a man of God. Okay, he explained to me that... Your will is still intact. You can still say no. Oh, even in hell. <laughs> the will of man. See, more powerful than the purpose of God is the will of man. The purpose of God is not forced. The purpose of God is allowed as men subject their will by the Holy Spirit. Do you understand? Toward that purpose, you put it under so the purpose of God will find expression. If you know how strong your will is, you will understand the prayer that Jesus prayed. Not my will. Because my will can say no to the purpose and plan of God for my life. I don't know if you understand. So what is the Holy Spirit helping me to do? Remember we started this whole thing from that Luke chapter 11. That you stay in that place of prayer until you are filled with the Spirit. And you come again until you are filled with the Spirit. And the Father wants to give you the way good parents give to their children when they ask for things that they can provide. So if the child asks for bread, the father gives, gives him bread. Why? He needs to eat. There are times your children ask for things, not because you don't want to give them, but you can't, because you don't have the resources. Do you understand? But your heavenly father is not limited in resources, provided you are asking in line with the way. Now, what we're, the asking we are talking of here is asking for that Holy Spirit. So there is that fight between the flesh and the spirit. There is that fight between the flesh and the spirit. Now, this whole thing we said, now it comes to you. So what do you now do? Is your will. 
So how do I, sub- I, I go to God in prayer because I understand the place. I, I, I wanted to say something before it escaped me, but let me just go back to it. You can quench the spirit. You can grieve the spirit. You can behave as if the spirit is not there. You can also give the spirit expression to walk. You can ignore the spirit. And the spirit of God doesn't. A lot of the things that we say, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus, they actually, because there's a way it works. If you say thank you, most, I believe in this dispensation, now the Holy Spirit will do everything. This is dispensation. So when you say thank you, Jesus, they say this is your thank you, take it's just that you can't say thank you, Holy Spirit. Because the one at work now, Jesus is seated where? At the right hand of you. This is the, the, is the Holy Spirit that is at work now. Is the Holy Spirit that is leading you. Is the Holy Spirit that is guiding you into all truth. Is the Holy Spirit that is helping you fight. The Holy Spirit is a fighting spirit. But the fight is not to kill enemies. The Holy Spirit is not an assassin. Always when we are shouting, Holy Ghost fire. No, it doesn't burn people. It burns the flesh in you. Amen? Because sometimes we send the Holy Spirit like, like assassin. Like an assassin. So go and kill for me. Because we think that God will kill our enemy to please you. To please us. He doesn't do things like that. He will not kill somebody so that you will be happy. He doesn't even, he's not even happy when a sinner dies. Do you understand? He's not happy when a sinner dies. So why will he not want to kill somebody so that you will be happy? Then you will not come to church. I one day we were in church and somebody said, I want to give God thanks because I killed my auntie. I'm not joking. No, no, no. Sorry. I killed my in-law. Ah. What are police people doing in church now? That's the best time to arrest somebody. Ah, you report yourself. You're so you're a murderer. You go, it's when you get to the police station and say, no, no, spiritual killing will kill you. You know, so we got into the testimony of how um, the in-law was cheating on his brother and um, he could not take it. So he went to the place of prayer and he began to pray and he wants to give the Lord thanks that the woman died. <laughs> Praise the Lord. And everybody shouted hallelujah. <laughs> he killed his in-law. So he's a spiritual man. I don't even understand. You know, spiritual people keep people. When you give such testimonies, they just look, you know, (laughs) spirituality is not that, it's not a man that prayed and God answered. It's a man that can submit to the will of God. That's who a true spiritual man is. A man who can submit to the will of God. Of all men born of women, there is none who is as great as John. Why? He might increase, I must decrease. That is everything in me must submit to him. So that day the church went and go. I'm, I'm not joking. That his in-law died. So what is the Holy Spirit doing in us? He's helping us fight the flesh. You see, you think you can conquer this flesh. <laughs> May God not leave you and your flesh alone. No? Your flesh, go, he, he will, the flesh will so mess you up that you, if you know what you can do in five minutes, eh? Hey, <laughs> You will not even believe yourself. If you know what you can do, if you know how powerful you are, if you know the kind of wickedness that you can cook, that the Holy Spirit is not allowing you, you'll be amazed. If the Holy Spirit lives in five minutes, you, you'll be amazed at the thing. Oh, you know the thoughts that you think, huh? That nobody, of course, I don't see, and only you know. That's why I said, when you want to confess about your evil thoughts, not only you, you know, and that's where you pray very well. That's where effective prayer. In fact, when you speak, the heavens respond. 
It's confession of sin. May the Lord not leave us to our flesh, to our desires. Now, so, but we must, like this man who kept asking, the principle of persistence, he said to them, he said, go and tarry. He didn't tell them how long they would stay. That's the principle of persistence. Do you understand? Now, what were they waiting for? What were they waiting for when they were gathered? For the Holy Spirit, to be filled with the Holy Spirit. He, didn't tell, he just said, go and stay there. It was the 10th day that the Holy Spirit came. So they were waiting for 10 days. Now, if they were not persistent, eh? if you wait for five days, you never try. He didn't give them any day. Any day. Just say, go there and wait. But I believe they so, they so understood. In fact, Peter should have stayed there because when he don't mess, that small girl that messed him up, oh, he knew that he needed the Holy Spirit. That one, you stay there because this girl must not mess me up again. So, I believe if anyone will be discouraged, they will encourage him. Let's wait. He said we should wait. You know, some, somebody was explaining trust. Oh, and it made a lot of sense to me. He said before Jesus died, there was this transaction. Jesus said to the father, or the father said to him, I will not allow your, how do you put it again? Your body to decay or what? Or see corruption, right? Good. He said Jesus so trusted the father that even in death, eh? That the promise the father made to him, that the father would keep. That's what called trust. That is even in death. Eh? He died and he so believed that the father said, your body will not suffer corruption. He said that is what trust is. It's not faith, it's trust. You can have faith yet you have not trusted. I, I don't know if you understand. He said, no, the pastor was saying that what a lot of us believers lack is that trust. That the father said to Jesus, your body will not see corruption. That, this one, you don't die. You cannot, it's not that you are alive. So there is no, but you said this thing to me. Do you understand? You are dead. But you so believe that this one that he said, even in death, he will keep it. So Jesus was able to go to the cross. And according to the word of the father, the body did not see corruption. Praise the Lord. Let's understand the place of the Holy Spirit. If you do, the reason we don't stay in that place of prayer to ask for the Holy Spirit again and again and again and again is because, listen to this, is because we do not understand very well the place of the Holy Spirit. It's because we can still give excuse for some of our shortcomings. Beyond, Jesus did not come primarily to forgive your sin. No. He came so that you will overcome sin. Praise the Lord. That is, I think, Matthew chapter 1, verse 20. Not necessarily to forgive sin, but so that you will walk above sin. But a lot of us are comfortable with that, at that point of forgiveness. But you can walk above it. So when you see the man stay there and ask him, first, there's a relationship. Secondly, he knows that this thing is there. It's God's, and Jesus explained it very well. He said, how much more when you ask for the Holy Spirit? And I've said there are things you must ask for as a Christian. There are things you don't even ask for, the Lord gives to you. Praise the Lord. Oh, there are things that you don't ask for that the Lord gives to you. The Lord gives even, uh, he gives animal children. Now you're not going to give picking. Eh? I, was, I lived in a place somewhere in New Haven. A prostitute gave birth to twins, two boys. I fear God. I'm not joking. And I, I was already a pastor then. And I know how much people sow as seeds. Covenant day of fruitfulness. We are praying for the barren. And God just looked at all. He went to my 
the way I was living, gave a prostitute, runs girl, 100% runs girl. She gave it to two boys. Do you think prostitutes ask for children? It is parents now. What God gave to her. And I know people, now listen, listen. I know people who are praying. I know people who are sowing seeds. And I join them in prayer, join them in fasting, join, you know, asking God for mercy. Now what I'm just saying, there are things you ask for, there are things you don't ask for. I'm not saying you should not ask for a child. Do you understand? But there are things you must ask for. One of those things is what? The Holy Spirit. You must ask. Oh, you must. You must, you must ask for forgiveness. Is a must. You must ask for mercy. These are eternal things. You know, but what the devil does is he takes our eyes off these things. And we start asking for things that the Lord gives to everybody freely. So you spend all your energy there asking for what God is giving to everybody freely. He's giving the unbeliever. He's giving the believer. He's give, can't you see baby mamas everywhere? Baby mamas and baby fathers everywhere. But there are things you must ask for. And, that's what, and you ask for those things in prayer. And you ask in persistence. Now, why the persistence? First, you are saying to the Lord, I understand the value of this thing. Do you, you understand? You are saying to the Lord, I've been defeated over and over again. And I know without the power of the Holy Spirit, I will continue in this, in this uh, uh, pattern of defeat. So I'm asking that I'll be filled with the Holy Spirit so that I can overcome. You know, before we start to pray, you know, with, in, see, eh, there are two ways you can relate to God. Either through commitment or through convenience. Hmm? You can... There are, thing, there are various ways. Somebody said there's no money in... Uh, in legal um, education, there's only money in legal practice. Hmm? There's no money that like you're going to law school. It doesn't mean anything. It's when you start practicing that you start making money. Good. I will explain that shortly. A lot of us, the reason why we cannot really be filled is because we relate with God based on what? Convenience, not commitment. When we come to that point of commitment, you see this man, how he was committed, how he kept, you know, Going and going because he understands it's a need. May God open your eyes to the need of the Holy Spirit, too, and my eyes also. That is where we will stay. So we'll be committed to it. You, 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 you can be committed in prayer, you can be committed to the word of God. You can also pray prayer of convenience. Do you understand? No, you can pray prayer. You can a lot of people who struggle with prayer, um, not necessarily all, but most people just pray prayer of convenience. You can come to fellowship because of what? Convenience. You can, actually, you can also come because of what? Commitment. You can give because of convenience. Because it's convenient for you to give. But the giving that the Lord accepts is the one that comes as a result of commitment. Do you understand? So a woman out of commitment will give two mites. And Jesus will say, this one has given more. So that... that Two ways you can approach your work with God, your Christian work. And it is the commitment that you put to it will tell, that will tell whether the Holy Spirit is there. Now, people who are not committed, you think they will tarry until for 10 days. They didn't tell them when the Holy Spirit was going to come. Because if they tell you when the Holy Spirit will come, at least you'll be looking forward to that day. Right? But you just say, go and wait. So they are praying, they are giving thanks, they are, you know, they are, they are expectant. Like Pastor has explained here, using the uh, uh, um, amplified version, that is, is as a focus. They might not see the results in the f- first 10 minutes. They might not see the results in the next 20 minutes. But you just know that once you take your eyes off, you might die from that snake bite. I don't know if you understand. So is that, that's, you know, 
that desperation that makes you focus. So even if you have a child who, who is crying dead that needs breast milk, you have to live to give that child breast milk. So your focus is, I have to be healed to give you this breast milk. So she, the child might cry for like one or two or three hours. She's not going to die, don't worry. But you have to be healed. You have to be in good shape to give her or him the breast milk. So most times we just relate with God as a result of, of convenience. <laughs> of convenience. So it says, tarry until you are filled. So there are people who will be there for one, two, three, four days. And they leave the place. But these people, I believe, they knew the importance of the Holy Spirit and they stayed there for 10 days. Now, 10 days was not given like I'm going to come on the 10th day. It's just that that was when the Holy Spirit came. It's just like when Paul was praying. Hmm? And he said, Tries, I besought the Lord. It was the third time that he said to me, My grace is sufficient. If he had not heard the voice of the Lord, he would have kept asking God. I don't know if you understand. Can we be committed to this prayer of being filled with the Holy Spirit? Because that is the only hope you have. That's where your strength lies. Do you understand? That is where you will be able to defeat this flesh. This flesh is powerful, though. <laughs> this flesh is powerful. When he said to them, pray that you don't fall into temptation, he knew what he was telling to them. This flesh, is, you, this flesh can mess you up. <laughs> this flesh can mess you up. Some people in five minutes, the flesh messed them up. They've, they've not come out of it. They've not come out of it. Not because Jesus, the Lord has not forgiven them, but the result that came as a result of that flesh, they can't deal with it. This flesh can mess you up. You are not strong enough to fight this flesh. It's the Holy Spirit that will help you. So let that spirit find expression. Five minutes. A, a, a married woman is already pregnant to another man. The flesh messed her up. And that was the first time. You know, there are children you are trying to abort, eh? <laughs> they say they don't go anywhere. <laughs> there is nothing you will not do. In fact, the more peace you take, the bigger they become. Five minutes, the flesh messed her up. Oh, is it the one that in five minutes the flesh messed him up so that you won't think it's only her? And the, the side chick say, I'm not butting you know. her. Oh. Now, so, they are living with that. He has not told the wife. So, the boy is five years, and he's living his life. And he's born again. Don't worry. He's not, he's not a non-believer. Don't give room for this flesh. Give room for the Holy Spirit to help you fight. Amen? Eh. I truly want to scare you so that you... I truly want to scare you so that you, 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 so that the Holy Spirit will help you fight. The spirit and the flesh are at war. So there's a spirit, there's a flesh, there is you. Now, what is your role? Your role is you are just saying to the Holy Spirit, help me. Simple. You're saying that persistently. Do you understand? You are saying persistently. Help me, help me, help me, help me. You know, I was saying here on Saturday, that's See, there was a season in my life. I said, no, 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 no. Christians don't think like this. So I said to the Lord, I don't think I'm a Christian. I don't think I truly gave my life to Christ. But I did. I was a Christian. Do you understand? If the, may the things, the negative things in your heart not manifest. 
before they start bearing fruit, may the Holy Spirit uproot them. That's where the refight is. That's where the fight is. So the spirit and the flesh, they are constantly at war. If you know the war going on, on your, in your inside, you'll be amazed. But as we round off, please know this, that everything now lies with you. Are you going to allow the Holy Spirit to help you? It doesn't struggle. Oh, no. In fact, as you read the Bible, you know, was it my wife I was talking to about, if you know the power of a wife, oh, you'll be amazed. Women, are, the, the wives are powerful. Because if you read um, Genesis, it said the wife was made as a help meet for the man. Husband, am I correct? Eh? Who is your helper? Who is your helper? Who is called the helper? It's the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit. So the wife is, now please, I beg you, the wife is not the Holy Spirit. Don't you understand? <laughs> but I want to say something before you know. <laughs> say, say heresy is now good. You are looking for how to throw me down. You know, at the time, <laughs> of course, now at the time, they, they wanted to push Jesus off the cliff. You know, but <laughs> it was not time for him to die. So, uh, but I'm about to say something now. The wife is actually likened to the Holy Spirit. The work of the Holy Spirit is not loud, but it's very effective. I don't know if you understand. In fact, it's only the Holy Spirit that they say if you blaspheme, they're not going to forgive you. Jesus said you can say anything about me. Do you understand? But the Holy Spirit, if you're near there, eh? He said, don't, don't, you can't even survive it, don't worry. You can say anything about God the Father. You can say anything about the Son. But the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is not loud. That's how, so when I began to see, when Peter say, wives be, how do you say, be of a quiet spirit, eh? Because if God arises to fight for you, you'll be the one to be begging God. You know, there was another, there's another way he puts it. I don't know if he's in first Peter. He was talking again about wives. Hmm? Presenting as the church, you know. He said just as the, just as, um, he, he talked about just as uh, Christ loved the church. Uh-huh. So, husband loved their wife. He, t- he said something about the church and the wife. Say it out now. I, the thing is here, just... Is your husband love your wife? I've said that now. As, uh, and then we show the wives. Wives submit to your husband as what? As the church submits to Christ. To Christ. Good. As the church does what? Submit to Christ. Again, is he talking about the Holy Spirit? Go and read it carefully. Read it carefully. It's talking about the Holy Spirit. So I read those two places and I said, ah, any wife who understands this will understand power. Now, the Holy Spirit is not loud. It's not loud. But like I said, this is his time. And it's every work you see done on this earth now is done by the Holy Spirit. But it's not loud. Now, you don't even give him credit. You give credit to Jesus, right? Now, don't worry. It's not bad. Uh, like somebody wrote a letter to... Is he, they wrote a letter somewhere. And they said the letter is for Nelson Mandela. So they sent the letter to Nelson Mandela. Do you understand? Uh, because, like, if you write a letter to me now, and you, you put my name, then they send it somewhere. Nobody knows me now, so the letter don't lose. Do you understand? But they so knew Nelson Mandela that they sent the letter to him. Now, it's like that. Don't worry. Even if you say, thank you, Jesus, they take it, thank you, and give it to the... Because now, who do the work that they say, thank you? Do you understand? So they give it... But don't worry. So you, a lot of things you say, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus. It's actually... They take it, thank you, and give it to the... Don't worry, they are not fighting about the thank you there. Eh? They are not fighting him. But I'm telling you that the Holy Spirit is so quiet that you even don't know that he's the one walking. Do you understand? 
It's not quite that you even don't know that it's the one walking. The other thing you say, the, uh, 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 some, the Holy Spirit is here, and people are falling, and people are, no, I'm not saying it, people cannot fall. Do you understand? Uh, that's that one you only know that the Holy Spirit is in a place. <laughs> but the Holy Spirit has saved somebody from suicide. Eh? The Holy Spirit has saved people. You know, I just gave you two examples of a woman, just once. Married woman. She has a child. Oh, she's, sorry, she's pregnant. Let's leave the other story. She's contemplating suicide. So, how <laughs> was it? Okay, it was Brother Alain Kada was telling me that. Okay, I think they did a, they did a survey, or well, I think they did a survey. And they said if they had done the any test for in the 80s, 70s, 80s, eh? Say a lot of people that they call mother, uh, sorry, father. That you call, of course, it's now that you know, they are not doing DNA test. It's not that it wasn't there then, but you know, corruption never seen, never remultiplied like that. Seen though, but it was still spreading. So, the woman is in a fixed now. If I, <laughs> of course, you know, if you tell the, I don't know how this thing works. If now, man, I go tell the wife, the marriage will still be intact. Do you understand? <laughs> but how do you now tell your husband that See the men are even shaking their head. Wicked people. <laughs> Wickedness. Can't you forgive? <laughs> so how do you now tell your husband that <laughs> she's a Christian? Just once. The flesh. A lot of things you say devil is not devil. Don't worry. It's flesh. It's flesh. Do you understand? It's flesh. Flesh. This flesh must be conquered. And it is only done by the Holy Spirit. You cannot do it. So when you see the prayer of persistence, what you are saying is that you are saying to God, let the Holy Spirit come and help me. He said, and if he sees that persistence, then he will give to you the Holy Spirit. Now, the Holy Spirit is already there. Then you will be filled with the Holy Spirit. Then you will come again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. So, you read the book of Hebrews. And um, the Bible talks of Jacob who leaned on his staff to bless his children. Have you seen that? Eh? That was the same Jacob who said, I will never leave you unless you... Eh. So when God bless you, you will leave God. God said, no problem. <laughs> I will not bless you. So Jacob, the staff is God that Jacob leaned on all his life. I don't know if you understand. So when you say, I will never leave you unless you bless me, I will pray some of those stupid prayers. I will never leave him. So once God bless you, you will leave, you will leave him, Abby. Then he will not bless you. Because he wants you to, uh, to, be, to be dependent, to always trust in him. So when you are praying, I will not leave you unless you bless me. And you are praying it all night. If you use that all night to pray, fill me with the Spirit, you get results. Why? Because you are praying what he said you should ask for, the Holy Spirit. So the Bible said Jacob leaned on his staff. Until he died. Do you know what it means? Until you die. God will always give you space for you to trust in him. I, I don't know if you understand. So all this one that you are tr- we are trying to do things. We just want the account to be fat so that we won't disturb God again. That's why the account will never blow. Is he going to supply your needs? Yes. Are you going to be homeless? No. Are you going to eat? Yes. But that trust that you want to put 
in that uh, you want to just anchor your trust in that no, it's not going to work like that. You are going to lean on the staff eh? until you die. So while Jacob was wrestling, I will never let you go unless you bless me. I will never so I was discussing with my wife yesterday. My wife said, okay, that scripture makes sense now. So we just want God to bless us and let him, and we'll let him go. Do you understand? He said, no, it's not going to work like that. I want you to constantly see the need why you should lean. So God is the staff that you are leaning on, and you are going to lean on that staff until you die. So we're constantly saying to the Lord, help me. Do you understand? You are constantly saying to the Lord, I am not strong. You are constantly saying to the Lord, may my flesh not mess me up. You are constantly saying to the Lord, cover my shame. You are constantly saying to the Lord, fill me with the Holy Spirit. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. I know something about Christians. Something you've not been doing, you just do it once. Don't blow. There are people who have been doing, they have never been caught. Eh? Then you just do it once. There's nobody you want to explain to. It's only you and God that knows that it's once. I, I don't... I don't know if you understand. God say I understand, but they will never understand. <laughs> and that <laughs> the, the people will never understand that it's once. Because that's what the flesh is telling you. Just do it, just do it once. And once, it should just be on social media. All God is saying again, you will lean on me. The way Jacob leaned on the staff until he died. It was from there he was blessing his children. Read it, it's in the book of Hebrews chapter 11. By faith, Jacob. When you get just when you see by faith Jacob, read carefully, you see that he leaned on his staff and blessed his children. So God wants us to constantly lean on him, that is the Holy Spirit. And that is where our help comes from. Shall we rise? You know that songwriter says, All of my help comes from the Lord. All of my help, my help, all of my help. He wants us to lean on him. Now, I'd like you to pray. Now, that's the principle of persistence. You are persisting. We read from Luke chapter 11. Until you are filled with the Holy Spirit. Can you pray again this evening? You start, of course, you start. Now, you can be, see, please just hold on. Hold on. Listen. Persistence doesn't necessarily mean that you stay in the place of prayer. and You'll be locked up until you are filled. No. Do you understand? It just means that you have that everywhere you go. There's that consciousness that you must be filled. Do you understand? That's persistence. That is you still knocking. When he says keep on knocking, keep on knocking. That's what, if you read the Amplified Version, it says keep on knocking, keep on asking. So you can be walking and yet you are persistent in the place of prayer. I don't know if you understand. And your persistence is that you are asking the Holy Spirit for help. You are driving and yet you are persistent in the place of prayer. You are asking the Holy Spirit for help. So when you, have, when you are alone, you can take a corner and take 20 minutes and take 30 minutes and you are praying and you are speaking in tongues and you are groaning. But the persistence is, I need the Holy Spirit. I need the Holy Spirit. Why? Because you understand the place of the Holy Spirit. That without the, see, a lot of the struggles that we were struggling with, flesh, thought, and all those things, you know, we can over, see, you can overcome. That's why Jesus died, though. Not just to forgive you of your sin, so that you will overcome sin. Do you understand? Not just forgiveness. Let, let me see if I can quickly get that. Matthew chapter 1. Let's read that before we start praying. I think Matthew chapter 1, I think is, is, is in verse 20 or so. 21. 
Matthew one twenty one. It says, "She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sin." Salvation of sin is superior to forgiveness of sin. You know when you are saved from something, you are saved from struggling, you are saved from lying. He said, for his name shall be called Jesus, for he will save the people from their sin. Save you from the act and save him from the consequences of sin. Praise the Lord. And that's what the Holy Spirit, that's it, that's the primary thing. And I showed you from that Galatians chapter 6, that the Holy Spirit is, there's that war inside. There's a war inside. There's a war inside. So let us, first, let's give thanks for the Holy Spirit who is our helper. You are not without help. No. The Christian is not without help. There's no child of God that is without help. No one. No one. But it is whether you accept the help. Because you can reject the help or accept the help. Now say to the Lord, I understand. The, I thank you for the help of the Holy Spirit. Thank you for the Spirit who is always available. Oh, thank the Lord for the help of the Holy Spirit. No, you are not without help. 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 Oh, thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. That's what you do in the place of prayer. If you do that, every other thing is said, shall be added. They shall be added. They shall be added. Oh, thank God. Say, Father, thank you for the Holy Spirit. He said, I will not leave you as orphans. No, you are not an orphan. That's what he said to them. He said, I will not leave you as orphans. I will not leave you as orphans. Also, give the Lord thanks for the Holy Spirit. If you are born again, you cannot even be born again without the Holy Spirit. It's just that you need to be filled constantly. So you have the Holy Spirit if you are born again. You do. You do have the Holy Spirit. But it's whether, the Holy, it's whether you are filled and the Holy Spirit is working. That's another thing. Oh, say, Father, thank you that I am not without help. No, you are not without help. You are not without help. You are not without help. No, you are not without help. You have help. You have help. The Holy Spirit is your help. The Holy Spirit is your helper. The Holy Spirit is your helper. He is your helper. You can overcome. You can. You can overcome. You can win the fights. You can win the war against your flesh. That will can be submitted to God. You can. Don't say you cannot. He says he's able to keep you from falling. Yes, he's able to keep you from falling. Don't just get comfortable that you fall and he picks you up. He is able to keep you from falling. Of course, there's a stage you get, you fall. And, but say, Father, I thank you because you are able to keep me from falling. You are able to keep me from falling. Let's not be settled though. When we sin, he, he will forgive us. It is true. But he also doesn't want you to sin. He say, Father, I thank you because you are able to keep me from falling. You are able to keep me from falling. Thank you because you are able to keep me from falling. Oh, say to the Lord, I will look up to the hills from whence comes my help. My help comes from the Lord, the maker of, of heaven and earth. Say, I look up to you, Lord, for help. Help me. Help me. Help me. Help me. Oh, say, fill me with the Holy Spirit. That's what he says. Say, how much more when you ask for the Holy Spirit? That is when you ask to be filled. He wants to fill you. He wants to fill you. You can overcome. I can overcome. If we are filled. 
but it is our responsibility to ask for that infilling. We bring everything to the obedience of Christ. We bring everything to the obedience of Christ. Oh, pray, pray. Say, Lord, fill me, fill me. Holy Spirit, fill me. That's what we're praying for. Fill me, fill me, fill me. I'm tired of falling and standing up. It's good. It's good. Of course, you should not stay where you are, but he is able to keep you from falling. He's able to keep you from falling. He's able to keep me from falling. Lord, we bring everything to the obedience of Christ. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. Bringing everything in obedience to Christ. It's changing everything in obedience to Christ. Transforming everything in obedience to Christ. Hey. He's changing everything in obedience to Christ. Hey, transforming everything in obedience to Christ. He's changing everything. He's changing everything in my life in obedience to Christ. Transforming everything, transforming everything in obedience to Christ. It's changing everything, it's changing everything in obedience to Christ. Transforming everything, transforming everything. Cry. 